All right, welcome to another episode of the Tailgate Kings. How's everyone doing out there? It is a beautiful Friday and a nice time in the sports world tonight, everyone. We've got NBA action, NHL playoffs, baseball's in full swing, golf. Golf is even trying to be interesting, guys. And of course, the NFL can't keep its head out of the uh, out of the headlines. But but we're just going to mostly talk NBA today, I think. Mostly NBA, little NFL, and I got to get at least your guys' take on this whole golf thing. You got you guys heard about the the Kepka DeChambeau leading up to the the match. Have you guys heard about this so far? Oh yeah, so good, so good. I mean, Jay, have you heard about this, man? I mean, I figure for you, this is uh, you know, is this what you've been wanting out of golf in some ways? Some personality coming out? Nah, man. Give me the personality on the course. What what, what happened? Is this people tweeting at each other, dude? Oh, this is on the course too. It's it, it's just the there's a rivalry developing between Kepka and Disha. I mean, it's all it's kind of been there. Um, Kepka is kind of you know the low, you know, grinded out, you know, sort of you know keep my business personal. And you know, Bryson DeChambeau is uh, the swing doctor and the you know the the uh, I'm gonna pump the iron, you know, the iron the iron swing now. So. Um, it's interesting going into the match now because they're going to have another one of those one of those celebrity golf matchups where it's um was it Mickelson and Brady versus uh, Aaron Rodgers and um and and DeChambeau. I didn't even know A Rod could swing it. I've never heard or seen any footage of A Rod on a course. I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's surprising that A Rod is the choice. You know, I mean, uh, did, did did they offer it to Peyton Manning again and he turned it down, or are they like Peyton, you've been out of the league too long, nobody wants you? No, they Do went people with people watching Ohio guys who play. don't play golf play golf. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, they come on, man. You know, everybody loves these celebrity things where these guys get together and you actually get to see their personalities. We never get to see a lot of these guys' personality. He comes out that last matchup with Brady, Manning, and Tiger and Phil. That was that, that was fantastic television right there. I don't think that's fair. I, I think if that's the case, they should also play like tackle football with the golfers. Well, yeah. Let's, let, let, let's be honest here. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of let's golf. Let's have hockey night. Brooks yeah. Kepka and, and Bryson D. D. Chardonnay uh, uh, playing, playing some hockey. There you go. That would be awesome. I hey, look, dude, either one of those guys hit you, you would feel it. Oh, definitely. I don't know how many of those guys are trying to, to be football players versus all these guys love playing golf. I mean, what, did you guys hear about the Jordan course? You guys heard about Michael Jordan's course, his personal course that he's made so that when he drives the ball, it's in wide open space. But anybody who can drive longer than Jordan, that fairway narrows, man. It's 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 uh, supposedly a brutal course for these pros because they've got to change their club selection in order hey, to play dude, against Jordan. It's Jordan's motto his whole life: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. All um, I want is a fair advantage. Oh man, I'm telling you, it's 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 the person I think golf needs, especially after um, the kind of year all sports have had. I, I think this is a great um, resurgence, especially Phil winning the PGA, and then Phil ten strokes back after the opening round yesterday comes out with the line, "Yeah, but I but I won the PGA, so you know, so it's great. I can I take mean, a nap. I, I can, can take, take a nap. nap. For the next yeah. six so, I mean, you know, like I said, even golf is, is entertaining right now. It's a great time for sports. But as I said, NBA main focus today, and that's because we are right in the middle of the first round of these playoffs. And, Chad, I've got to ask you, man, have, have these playoffs lived up to expectation for you so far? Are you, are you really invested so far? Are you just casually watching, waiting for other matchups? Or, or where are you at in these playoffs here, Chad? No, I'm watching. I'm excited. I think the games have been good. I think, you know – uh, 
we're getting kind of what we expected. We're watching the Lakers get healthy. We're, we're watching, um, you know, Jokic and, and his squad somewhat overachieve. And you're seeing the resurgence of, of the Bucks, uh, you know, who have finally enough guys that they can put on the floor to make it not a one-on-four match with the two-time MVP slash defensive player of the year. You know, it, it's, it's, I think, setting up nicely. Philly is playing well. They're deep. I think the, the, the natural course of things is, is going to take shape. I think the surprising situation is in uh, Clipperland. You know, we're, we're watching this whole thing kind of implode around them. And then what do they do? You know, it's that, that's kind of the, the resounding question at this point. I think every much, everything else has pretty much been kind of by script. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm watching. I'm excited. I'm uh, expecting, uh, you know, I, I called a Lakers Clippers um, Western Conference final and a Bucks Sixers Eastern Conference. I, I, I'm, I'm worried at this point about the Clippers being able to fill their part of that. But I think, you know, the Sixers, they're very deep. The Bucks are deep. That as a, as an Eastern conference final plays out to be a really nice matchup. I hope we get, can get that. And then I don't know who's going to match up with the Lakers at this point. Uh, you know, CP three getting hurt. That's, that's a bummer. It seems like it happens every year. Uh, this time of the season, he's always, uh, you know, maybe it's just he's long in the tooth or, or just the wear and tear of, of playing so many games over the course of his career. It's a bummer to see it happen again, but here we are again, and I think that, that has the Suns looking more than vulnerable. They're not, they're not the same team with Payne at the point guard. Um, but I, 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 don't know, I don't know who poses a challenge to them the Lakers, that is, uh, if it's not this Suns team, I'm, I'm not sold on the depth of Utah, and there's no reason to, to fear. You know, Denver looks nice, but they, they don't have the depth. You've you got to have enough guys. I mean, Montrez Harrell's not getting minutes. Morris isn't getting minutes. These are guys that, that contributed through the course of the season on a regular night-to-night basis. That, that aren't even getting in the game at this point. So you're, you're looking at depth, and at this point, the game changes. The, the, the style of play changes and, and how physical the game becomes and how defensive-minded the game is in the playoffs is different than how you play through the course of the regular 82 or 72 at this point. So I, I, I think that you're, we're on course to see a Lakers and or – and and you somebody's gonna have to pick them because I think Philly and the Bucks are are almost dead even. I love where we're headed because I think that the finals will actually be intriguing again. I mean, look, I'm with you, Chad, but I'm I'm also on the point where I I, I kind of like what Utah's doing. I, I sat there for a while, not sure about Utah, and I'm I was very hesitant. You know, the one seed at the same time didn't feel like a one seed, and and you're right, Chris Paul going down with the Suns. That really hurts Phoenix. I thought Phoenix, if any team had a chance to get over on the Lakers, is going to be Phoenix in the first round, and that's the scary part. But watching this Jazz team on the other side, 
you know, I'm, I'm really excited how the Jazz are kind of – they kind of have seemed to have found a playoff mode. You know, like they got hit, hit, hit by Memphis in that first game. But that second game, they really came out. I think they really bullied Memphis around despite Ja getting 47 points. So I'm really curious about this Jazz team now. But I'm, I'm with you on Denver. I don't think Denver's deep enough. And I don't know who else you've got out of the West. Versus the East, man, Jay, your Bucks. Your Bucks are making me look bad, dude. Those Bucks have come out and looked dominant in the first three games against the Heat, who I thought were going to give them a series. So tell me, Jay, tell me about Giannis. Tell me about these Bucks, man. I know you're there, your pick. Are you loving this? I like now. My pick is actually the Sixers. I'm sticking with the Sixers, but I do like the Bucks. I always have the Bucks problem historically, or at least during the 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 Greek Freak era right now, is that they play so hard during the regular season they don't have a playoff gear they play in full-blown mode all year that's just the bucks for you they don't they don't take a night off right that's that's their style uh i think holiday was a great addition i I didn't expect them to lose to the heat i was surprised so many people picked bucks heat as like the series to watch i thought it was kind of clear cut with the addition of holiday there um they're good i'm with chad here seeing bucks 76ers as the eastern conference uh, uh, a story as that that looks like that's going to be the, the title game and then I'm also with Chad on, on the shocker being the Clippers for me the story of the first round of the NBA playoffs is actually coaching it's not anybody on the field it, it's it's the guys with the clipboards uh, Monty Williams won coach of the year well deserved I love Monty Williams but we see him with, with Chris Paul injured and without his floor general that coaching really isn't doing that much right and then we see the 76ers who, who the Buck 76ers, everybody's pointing at that right now. And we look at the way Embiid has grown as a man, and we've got to give Doc Rivers credit for that. Like Embiid was a childish tweeter for most of his career. Doc goes over there. Suddenly, Embiid has it together. He has old man game. He's not off social media, but he's not the center of the story that he's facilitating. He's playing defense. He's being pretty darn impressive as a player all around. So, so we see Doc Rivers go to Philly, and Philly become a contender. And then we see what happens with the Clippers with Ty Lue. And Ty Lue is like the non-coach, <laughs> right? Like Ty Lue has a couple rings because he won them with LeBron in Cleveland. But what do you see when you watch the Lakers? It, between plays, it's always LeBron pointing at AD where he should be on the floor, right? <laughs> right? Like LeBron coaches the team. Ty Lue isn't really coaching. He's throwing the kitchen sink at Luka and it's not working because Ty Lue doesn't know how to handle the situation. Not that I would. I'm just saying – he doesn't, right? <laughs> right. So I, I see the, the coaching kind of shuffle up that we've seen over the last few years playing out here. I think we see the value of a Doc Rivers. And I think we see how Ty Lue might have been a bad choice to the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers don't have the guy on the floor. I don't think they have the leadership on the sideline. Chad, do you agree with that, man? That's, that's a big question, right? Isn't that the big question right now? Like, what is wrong with the Clippers? And I think, I don't know, I, I've been saying at the same time, I think this is also the the advent of the young guys kind of overtaking the older guys. Like you said, I think this is Luca and the Mavs as much as is the Clippers, Chad. So tell me, is Jay right? Is it coaching that's hurting the Clippers? Is it, is it just that, I don't know, is it just like, I don't know, I just can't buy in as Paul George being a playoff guy maybe. Well, look, Kawhi is, is the guy who's trying to be the silent leader, but he's always been weird and divisive and, and not necessarily a chemistry builder. And – Paul George is kind of the guy who's like, yeah, I'll go over there. I'm tagging along. I want to win. Maybe I'll go over here. I'll go over there. I don't know. But, you know, look, Ty Lue doesn't have the pulse of this team right now. And he's got a problem on his hands with Luka. 
if there's anybody in the West that right now is making eyebrows raise, it's the Mavericks. They don't have the depth to do it. And Porzingis on a night tonight, you never know what you're going to get. But damn it, if Luca isn't box office stuff, man, that guy, that guy is serious. And he's, he's, uh, you know, a, a low-key trash talker. He's, a, he's quickly becoming, by all accounts, in, as far as I can tell, like that generational bridge between who's next. You know, he, he looks like he might be the next guy to be the face of the NBA. And, you know, that European bridge that's been built is so strong, especially in Dallas with Nowitzki's history and Cubans want to, you know, ingratiate himself to that. I, I, I think Dallas is onto something with this kid, Luca. And I mean, again, I'll go back to it and tell you how hard I miss on evaluating him. I've never been more wrong about an NBA player in my evaluation process. I thought he, you know, you can have that old man game like Jay talks about Embiid having close to the rim, but he has that old man game that he's got to have yeah, the ball. He's in his like weird off balance floaters from, from free land. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's easy. It's easy when you don't have to bring the ball up. You can have old man game when they throw it into you and you can, Right, but right. If, if you're the guy who has to bring it up and, and create all those opportunities and dude, he looks different. He looks like a different guy. I mean, just kind of, just the kind of guy who uh, it, it, you can build a brand around, you can build the logo around, you can really see, especially with Cuban as a leader, you can see this team taking a huge step forward with him. I just don't know that they have enough, pieces around them but I look I, I love what what the Mavericks are doing I love Luca and watching him play because it's, it's it's exceptional but back to the coaching part you know Doc Rivers is is a guy who was a star in the NBA I mean he was he was a star with the the uh the Hawks for a number of years he was he's not just some guy who figured it out and is trying to work his way through it. And, and it's not about being a star, but Ty Lue always deferred to LeBron. You know, he, that's how he won. That, that, he, was, he was the, the assistant coach. You know, Doc Rivers is, took the reins of a group of guys who were great and led them. And he's got – an unbelievable set of guys around him in Philly and an opportunity. I mean, that, that Philly team is deep. That's why these two teams that we're talking about coming out of the East, Philly and Milwaukee are in the discussion because they have the depth to put more guys. Brent Forbes is overachieved. Bobby Portis has been a guy who you're like, wow, all right, we're getting minutes from this guy. You know, look at, look at Maxi. Tybal, look at what Seth Curry's done for for Philly. They're, they're getting contributions from multiple different players. You can stretch it out. You can change your looks. You can make teams have to guard you in different ways. And you can match up and guard. I mean, so those the more flexibility you have in your roster to change your look, depending on who you have to face when it comes time late in the season, 
that those are the teams that have the best chance to win and that requires depth and those are the teams that have it the 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 rest of the league doesn't really have that on, on, yeah, see i'm going to argue with that chad i mean the nets went nine deep on the bench the other night nine deep that doesn't mean they have nine good and, players and, and no 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 they went five on starters nine off the bench they played 14 players 14 that players against that, the celtics that means nothing to and, me and they I mean, won by 22 i just say it man you know well, you well, can that's say why that. you're playing so many guys cuz you're when you're winning by 22 you put in the cowboy and stuff you know i'm just I mean? saying yeah, every exactly. almost, almost everybody <laughs> And that doesn't mean those guys, those guys are going to play in a tight game. 12 of the 14 exactly right. got a bucket. I'm just saying they can go deep if they that have means to. Nothing to me. How many guys do you have that can play 15 to 18 to 20 minutes a night? How many guys on your team do you have that? Well, they okay, they had nine guys do that then. So nine guys. Okay. The other nine, nine's a lot. Nine's a lot. But when it comes time for it to really – when the rubber hits the road, when the Nets have to – have to really play how many guys do they really have i i mean i think they have seven i'll give them seven how many how many do the bucks have who you how many you're gonna give me bucks have more than seven guys they can play that many minutes yes yes they do look All at right, it. name them name them just, just name, 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 name them for me real fast well they're starting five <laughs> well yeah right there you have eight right now and and then what? On, well, <laughs> I, I mean, look, you those, want, I just say, guys, I don't think any team bigger, is super deep right now, Chad. Bigger contributors than what the, the – and the other part of it is the, that Bucks team plays defense. They, they defend. They don't, they don't have defenders in, and, and key spots for Brooklyn. So, look, the deepest team is, in all honesty, Philly. They're they're the guys with the most the most talent. While it's young, still they have they have more guys that can play than anybody. So it's a war of attrition, especially in these seven game series when it's late in the season. You're going to watch these guys get nicked up, banged up. Who's going to be able to be standing? Who's going to? I mean, and you've already you already know the Nets' injury history or their problems with keeping guys on the floor. Or, Irving has a flat earth day or Harden, you know, there's, there's or, or, or Giannis or Simmons or Embiid, all those guys choking the playoffs. If they've done the previous five, seven seasons, you know, at least Durant no. and Kyrie got some rings, you know, they got some hardware, you know, I mean, no, look. no, no, this is a totally different team built totally differently. You can't compare one to the other. You, you, this is not the same team. If you watch what they're doing right now, to Miami, it is an ass blistering. They are taking them apart, and they're doing it in a way that is completely team-oriented. You don't see the same approach. Last year when, when Miami took them out, it was because they could have to – they only had to guard one guy. Now they've spread it out. You know, Middleton is a force. Drew Holiday is a force. These are guys that you're talking about that can score and play on the other end of the floor. So you're not – this is not a comparable straight across from the two years that you've seen the Bucks in the last two postseasons. It's not. It's just not. 
Hey, look, hey, look. I think I think Drew Holiday. I'm with Jay. Is a great addition to the Bucks. I'm not sold on Middleton, man. I, th- I like I said. I mean, look, Middleton's a very interesting. Oh, you're wrong. Second you're tier, wrong. second tier player. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's got the ups to, to be good enough. But we'll, but we'll see when the chips are down because we're going to see these Nets and these Bucks unless some great tidal wave comes and changes the entire uh, course of the playoffs. That's that's going to be the next round matchup. What you might find, Matt, you might find that. The addition of Holiday will make Middleton a much better player because I I don't think he's ever been like the 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 number two guy the like you know what I mean like he's never been the guy the guy who like thrives under attention he seems to kind of to wither a bit in the limelight but he's the kind of guy who I think can play that 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 number three role on the team really really nicely I think Holiday was the perfect addition not just for Giannis but to give Middleton that confidence I, I think we're seeing him blossom because of the guys around him. You never know what a guy is going to turn into, but I think he's in a much better place here. The Bucks are compelling. I, I don't know if they've ever choked. I think they just always play the same game. And it, it's hard to, it's hard to understand, but it's like they, they don't seem to have a, I don't want to say they don't have a playoff level. I feel they play at a playoff level all year. And then other teams kind of rise their game in the playoffs and people think the Bucks are choking, but they're just playing the same game they've played all year. I think I've lost confidence in them going all the way because of that, because I feel like people know everything they're going to do and all the tricks and they just have it all there. And somebody always seems to beat them fairly in the playoffs. It's just that simple. Okay. Well, here, here's, here's a question then. If, if the Bucks don't beat the Nets, like I feel like which team is more likely to beat the Nets? Is it going to be the Bucks or the Sixers, Chad? Like if one of those teams has to take the Nets out, who is more likely to do it for you, Chad? Look, I think they can both beat them. I, I, don't, I don't think one is more well-equipped than the other. I think both teams are better than the Nets. Sorry. Just top to bottom, the Nets have deficiencies. They have, they have a lot of strengths. They have a lot of things that they do well, and it's usually on the offensive side of the floor. But if you're asking them to get into a knockdown, dragout matchup, seven-game series where they have to be locked in defensively, either of those teams are better than them. Both of those teams are better. All right. Look, hey, look, I, I, I'm so excited that you're going to be eating these words in a couple of weeks. What about you, Jay? Where are you at on this? You know, it's interesting. I think, I think the Bucks have slightly better odds of beating the Nets than the Sixers because I just see the Bucs right now as unflappable. I mean, the Nets might beat them flat out. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think the Nets can get under the Bucks' skin. I, I do think the, the Nets might be able to get under and beat in Simmons' skin and, and undo the work Doc Rivers have done, <laughs> has done. So that sounds crazy. But just like from an emotional perspective, I, I feel like the 76ers just became like a grown-up team and they could backslide under pressure against the Nets. I see the Bucks as always, playing their game no matter what. See, I, I'm, I, I, I can piggyback off that a little bit, Jay, because I'm, I'm kind of with you in the sense that I think if the Nets are going to lose, it's going to be to the Bucks, and it's because I think the Bucks are more physical and maybe because they are more mindset-wise as well, more resolute. I think the Sixers could be very easily, you know, just mentally out of this tournament, you know, with a couple bad games. I just I – don't, I don't buy the Sixers – I buy the Sixers less than I buy the Bucks. I keep waiting. Like I said, one of my questions has also been – is this the year or is next year going to be the year where we see this young talent finally sort sort of uh, overcome the older talent? And like I said, in the West, we can't get away from LeBron and the Lakers. And in the, in the East, I can't get away from KD, Harden, and uh, Kyrie 
you know, the old, the old school guys in the East. So I've got the old school matchup. You guys, like I said, still old school in the West, going a little new school in the East. So we'll, we'll see how it all works out. Bunch of exciting NBA games tonight and the rest of the weekend as we finish this first round. And of course, looking forward to that second round, which is more than likely going to be a Nets-Bucks matchup in the East. All right, real quick NFL talk, guys. Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta, and it looks like it's going to happen. A couple teams are, are fitting spots, one of them being mine, the Titans, really recruiting them hard. Another one's your, uh, your 49ers there, Chad. And then, of course, the Patriots and some other teams in the mix. Where do you think Julio Jones should go, and like, what makes the most sense? Like, you know, if, if we take the salary cap out of it, just where do you think Julio Jones fits the best? Jay, I'll, I'll start with you, man. Where, where do you got Julio Jones at? Uh, what's best for him? Uh, it's your Titans, actually. You know, I, I, I'm not a big Tannehill fan. In fact, I'm the president of the Ryan Tannehill Haters Club, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Nonetheless, man. You are, man. You are. I, I think, I, think I've, I got the shirts in the other day, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got big shirts. I hate Tannehill. <laughs> I, just, I don't see him as the QB you want in the clutch. But I love Derrick Henry. I've always liked the way the Titans play defense. There's a lot to love about this team. And if I'm not mistaken, you've, you've lost some of your tight end love. You need somebody else. You need a wily vet to get these young receivers in there uh, in order. I know you have your one guy who is at Brown who's already come of age. I think that's the best place. That, it's a team that needs Jones for their quarterback and for their new receivers. And that's the place where he has the best chance of making a deep playoff run. So I feel pretty strongly in the Titans. And I don't think cap is that big of an issue with Jones. Remember, and I said this a few months ago when we talked about this, you get to split the cap hit across two years if you trade for the player after June 1st. Julio Jones ain't going anywhere for another four days. And then he might well go somewhere at midnight, but he's not going anywhere for four more days. It's going to make the cap hit pretty easy on anybody who's not having serious cap issues. Chad, where are you at on this, man? I mean, you know, as Jay's point out, A.J. Brown would sure love to have Julio as a Titan. He even made a video where he basically said he would change his number and give Julio the 11, so uh, so he'd be eight. But, Chad, your Niners are in the mix, too. So is this a, is this a move you could see your Niners making? Is this a guy that you want on your team? Because you've got a bunch of weapons right now. You know, do you need a Julio Jones? I'm almost going to guarantee you it's going to be a, a Niner trade. I'm almost guaranteeing it. All right, he so what, 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 what? Tell me, he man, why? Shanahan. He loves what – that's when he did his best work was with Shanahan. So I'm telling you, we need him. They're trying to win now. They want to compress the time frame. They're going to push to get Trey Lance in the game earlier than, than later. I don't – your Titans aren't as close as my Niners are. Sorry. I don't know who else is involved, but apparently there's an offer on the table. They have a first-round pick that's been offered. So somebody's already in. I don't know who that is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Patriots because they have the most flexibility and the capital to do it. And the want and the need to win also immediately. So I would say leader in the clubhouse at the moment, Niners, right behind them, Patriots. Patrick, and after that, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, now, look, now, look, now, Jay, as, as president of the Ryan Tannehill Hater Club, you will admit that it's, it's better to have a quarterback than to not be sure who your quarterback is going into the season, right? 
Oh, yeah. I, th I think it's a great place for Jones. And I think, you know, like, he's no longer the burner he was as a young guy. He's going to be a guy who, who's relying on his skills and his pattern running and that sort of stuff, which is what makes him great anyway. He's exactly the kind of wide receiver the Titans need to get to that next level where they make it deeper in the playoffs. I think it would be a really, really good match. I, I, I can't. But I can't deny that the Patriots have the money and the kind of cachet that that, that might uh, might work out. I mean, this isn't just a deal that has to work out for Julio. It has to bring Atlanta the biggest return, and, and the Pats do have the most to give. No, that is true. Like, Julio's not going to get a say in this, and that is going to be mostly, I'm sure, Atlanta. I guess Julio might be like, man, don't trade me there, please. But if somebody offers a first-round pick for Julio, you can't see the Falcons organization saying, oh, no, 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 thank you. But could you see Belichick giving up a first-round pick for Julio? Isn't that, like, non-Belichickian to do, you know, in a sense? Isn't that, like, outside the code to, you know, you don't trade up. You don't – you certainly don't give away first-round picks, right? So, I mean, is it crazy? I mean, I, I, Patriots, really? Well, hasn't he already established that he's going to do everything different? I mean, this is the most non-Belichickian offseason in the history of Belichick. I mean, he's – He's gone in every different direction than he's ever gone. He's spent all the offseason money. He's traded. He's made moves. He's went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round, which he doesn't do. I mean, he's done everything different. So why wouldn't he continue that? He knows right now his legacy is on the line, and he's got to do everything he can. And by all accounts, like, everything that's being – being spouted and i don't know you know it's probably subterfuge on some level but everybody is talking about how mac jones has been just brilliant thus far so further stoking that fire in how everything can change in one season and he can usher back in and if he had i mean he went out and got born he got aguilar he got you know he did he, he got some nice pieces but he spent a ton of money do you think he's he's ready to say okay, I'm done. If I can go get Julio right now and, and turn him into a late version of Randy Moss for just give me two more years. I mean, why wouldn't he roll those dice? Yeah. And if Mac and if Mac Jones is that good, if Belichick believes in Mac Jones, what does he need the first round pick for? I mean, I'm the kind of guy who like, I will always, uh, probably I'm not a GM, but I will always give up the first round pick for the guy I know who can bring me in at a thousand yards <laughs> over 16 games or whatnot. Like I, I want, I prefer the proven product because I see so many first round picks bust basically. And if you're the Pats, if you're going to do as good as you think you're going to do, what is that first round pick going to be? You're, you're hoping you're going to be in the playoffs. So it's not going to be that great of a pick anyway. You know, the products he needs, he can get in the second, third, fourth. If Max Jones is his guy, I, I don't see why he wouldn't make that offer. All right. Well, I guess we'll see where Julio ends up next week as well as we'll, uh, we might have some early, too early fantasy football rankings for you next week, as well as obviously NBA playoffs going to be further in the swing. We'll probably have that Nets-Bucks matchup ready to talk about. We're the Tailgate Kings. Be sure to check us out at www.thetailgatekings.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, 